Live from Hollywood, California, it's The Rick Savage Show. Did you miss me? What's going on? It's The Rick Savage Show. I'm your host, Rick Savage. Thank you for tuning in to this lovely podcast, this conversation between you and me. I took a week off, just straight up. I mean, there were things going on. Life was busy. It always is, but I I took a week off. I figure if one every two months I take a week off, it's okay, right? No? I think that's probably okay. But anyways... This song has been stuck in my head ever since I've been thinking about coming back to the podcast after taking a week off. Chance the Rapper. So good. Oh, I'm sorry. Would you would you would you prefer this? (laughs) I love that I'm pretending like this is like a season two premiere or something. I love this song because it starts with that Obi Trice thing. I always wanted to use that as a as a drop on the radio for my own name because people thought my name was fake. That I created a fake name to be on the radio. But I didn't. You know that. Because we do Savage of the Week. Okay, I got I got one more. I control the crowd. You know why I hold it down when it drops. You know it's jiggy when you hear the sound. This one's kind of cheating because it's called Guess Who's Back. But he doesn't really say Guess Who's Back. I mean, it does start with a little. Once again, back at the Incredible That's Me. How good is this beat? It's a perfect beat for a Monday morning on your way to work. Rakim, guess who's back? Okay, that's enough. We're here. We're here together. I do think one day that the record labels are going to wake up and realize that a lot of us play music on podcasts and a lot of us aren't legally allowed to. And my podcast is not big enough to worry about such things. But many, many huge podcasts play music and they're not paying for that. There's no royalty rate that I know of. There's no like media base that scans podcasts to find out what music is being played. Some lawyer is going to figure this out. I know I have friends that are DJs that put out DJ mixes as podcasts. There's no way that's legal. There's a lot going on since we last chatted. There's a lot going on in the world. There's some more stuff with Kavanaugh tonight. Another person has come forward accusing him of uh, at least sexual misconduct, depending on how you classify it. And I'd love to rant about that. The one thing I will say is, oh my God, he totally did it. (laughs) Oh my God, all these accusations are true because I went to school with people like this dude and he for sure whipped it out at parties. For sure. There's no doubt in my mind that this prep school asshole didn't whip out his junk at parties. For sure he did it. Okay. Now that that's out of the way, I'm just going to play a song and I want you to, I want you to take it in. And this isn't the song of the day that we play at the end to start your day on a positive or negative note, depending on what song I play. This is, um, well, let me just play it. Oh, it's not Jaws. 
See, here's what I just did. This is going to be stuck in your head for the next week. And if you're a parent, you already know this song. But it's just coming into my life recently. It's kind of the jam, first off. It's great, great song, great beat. I don't really know. Baby Shark Dance. Pink Fong. Baby. Baby Shark. Pink Fong. I didn't even know about it until I think it was Chance the Rapper that posted it on his Instagram. And then uh, a lot of other people started posting it. And that's evidently uh, children's programming now, which is fine. I'm not judging. I don't want to be one of these old guys that's like back in my day. But real quick, back in my day. Have you seen the Mr. Rogers documentary yet? You have to You have to go do it. Go do it tonight when you get home. A couple warnings. One, you're for sure going to cry. And that's okay. That's part of the experience. There's definitely tears throughout the whole thing, especially towards the end. Um, you're going to feel inspired. You're going to feel uh, a little bit of nostalgia, a little bit of frustration with the world that we currently live in and things that he was talking about 20, 30, 40 years ago are still issues that we face today. But all the politics aside, just go watch the Mr. Rogers documentary. It's incredible. It's called Won't You Be My Neighbor. If you take all of the elements that make good television and do the exact opposite, you have Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Low production values, simple set, unlikely star. Yet, it worked. Hello. I've always felt that I didn't need to put on a funny hat or jump through the hoop to have a relationship with a child. He was always trying to get a message across in every show. A week on death. What does assassination mean? A divorce. Some people get married and after a while they're so unhappy that they don't want to be married anymore. He was radical. I know everyone says that, but he was radical. They didn't want black people to come and swim in their swimming pools. My being on the program was a statement for Fred. Love is at the root of everything. All learning, all relationships, love or the lack of it. Children have very deep feelings, just the way everybody does. The greatest thing that we can do is to help somebody know that they're loved and capable of loving. I wonder if a show like that would work today. I don't think it would. I think the ADD that we have is probably too intense as a culture. So I don't know if the the slow speed of a Mr. Rogers uh, show would work. Also, he's kind of a weird guy. And I, I don't know if our cynical society could accept that. Just go watch the documentary. It's great. It's on iTunes. You can rent it now. Highly recommend. I have a buddy who's obsessed with uh, personalized license plates and how ridiculous they are. And he posts a lot of them on his Instagram story, trying to figure out what they mean. And I recently, I saw one and the license plate was like L-I-K-E and then the number four and then the letters D and M. So like for DM. 
which I think maybe this person works in social media, or maybe that's the name of his agency or something, or if you like one of his posts, he'll slide into your DMs and message you. I don't, I don't really know. But because of that, I've been keeping an eye out for personalized license plates. It's a fun game. It's a way to pass the time. It's always good to be distracted when you're driving down the freeway. So from a distance, I saw a license plate, and it just said private on it. And I thought, that's weird. It's not a dealer tag. And private, you can't P-R-I-V-A-T-E. I mean, that is seven letters, but it would be pretty impressive if that was available as a personalized plate. So I drove up real close to snap a photo of it. Let me just, let me just describe the license plate for you. It's all white, and the letters are in black. And on the left side of the license plate is a globe. And above that, it says, Peace on Earth. And then next to that globe, in all caps, where a license plate number would be, it just says private. Let me zoom in here. Across the top, it says, no driver's license or insurance required. And on the bottom, it said, not for commerce use, private mode of travel. At first, I was like, oh, is this a government license plate, maybe? Or some sort of, like, off the record, it's a CIA or something. But I don't think they would advertise private. I think it's not government. I think it's crazy. I think this person believes, and if if you know that I'm wrong, and this is something we all can do and not have a driver's license or have insurance, and if we just state that on a license plate, it's legal, please let me know. But I think this is a crazy person. No driver's license or insurance required. Private. If it wasn't for the Peace on Earth globe, I might have gone a little less crazy and a little bit more government but the peace on earth globe that's going to swing you a little bit more it's like 75 25 or like 75 crazy 25 some loophole that i don't know about no driver's license or insurance required private not for commerce use private mode of travel but isn't every car a private mode of travel there is a whole sub community of people out there that think that they can um we interviewed this dude we i wonder if i could find a clip of it We interviewed this dude that set up his own country inside the United States. Where was that? In Nevada? Arizona? It had to be. What what are the chances it's Arizona or Nevada? But it's this dude, and he set up basically his home. He declared its own country. And he did it in kind of a fun novelty way, not in a like crazy pile-up guns stock ammunition way. Like he had all these cute, you know what? Let me just find a clip. See? Song is stuck in your head, isn't it? We are in the Republic of Malasia. Malasia, his personal country. Tell me, what is a micronation? What is Malasia? Micronations are tiny, self-declared nations. Uh, They're not recognized by the larger nations of the world. And these are some of the things that are not allowed in Malasia. No fresh spinach. Tobacco is illegal. Incandescent light bulbs, bad for the environment. Catfish are banned. Onions, because we can't stand them. Anything, and we do mean anything from Texas, except for Kelly Clarkson. You're a big Kelly it's Clarkson fan. Absolutely. Love Kelly Clarkson. She's awesome. This direction <laughs> sign, we put it here. She is uh, awesome. Sort of give an idea that we are not the only folks that have, the, have our own countries. Uh, it's still pretty interesting, all the different, I guess, micronation or small nation projects there are out there in the world. <laughs> the Republic of Malasia. And it is, uh, I, I would say, inside Nevada, or surrounded by Nevada is probably how he would say it. It's not inside Nevada. But uh, if you're ever driving through 
the outskirts of Las Vegas, the Republic of Malasia. You can go see. It's actually, now that I watched the clip again, it's actually kind of charming. And he does it with his daughter. And they have all these silly rules. And that's that's kind of sweet. So <laughs> let me take back my snark. And probably not as crazy as someone that would put private on a license plate. And you don't need a driver's license or insurance because of that. Sometimes I like to throw it back to the, the original podcast. If you listen to this podcast a couple years ago when it had a different name, or if you've discovered this and then stumbled into the archive of episodes, used to be a podcast called Late Night Twitter with Rick Savage. I'm Rick Savage. The idea was that I don't sleep so well, or at least not at the normal hours. And I'd be up in the middle of the night and I'd see these tweets and people would miss them. So then I would deliver that information during a normal hour or also people that don't live on Twitter you know, normal people. Um, so every now and then, like to throw it back and just see what pops up on the Twitter feed. And I have a good one from page six. So you know it's true. Beyonce's ex-drummer, by the way, uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z played the Rose Bowl for the On The Run tour. And DJ Khaled is opening up this tour. I don't know where that dude gets the energy. It's insane. I think he doesn't, I think he's a sober person because I know he like does a lot with Ciroc, but I never really see him drinking alcohol. It leads me to believe that he just naturally has this energy. Is that possible? He opened the show. I didn't go because fuck going to concerts at the Rose Bowl unless I have a helicopter. You know what I'm saying? Unless I'm flying there Tom Cruise style. I'm not uh, not going to the Rose Bowl for a concert. Uh, I'm sure it was incredible though. DJ Khaled opened and he his shtick when he opens these shows, whichever town he's in, he reaches out to his rapper friends and then brings them on stage. And so while you're waiting for Jay-Z and Beyonce, it's not just DJ Khaled playing his own records. He brings out kind of special guests. This was insane. YG, Yo Gotti, Big Sean, Busta Rhymes. I'm sure other people I'm forgetting. So you really get like a concert on a concert on a concert. Shout out to DJ Khaled. Bro, I don't know where you get the energy. I don't know how you haven't lost any weight because you're on that elliptical every day, but still kind of thick, but I'm not one to judge living your best life. So back to the, back to the tweet. Sorry. Beyonce's ex drummer accuses her of extreme witchcraft. Do you think this is on Fox news yet? It will be on Fox news tomorrow. Beyonce has found herself in some brouhaha. I don't think that's, I'm not an editor. But isn't a brouhaha like a like a fight, like a like a like a baseball term for a fight when when the bench is clear? So it would first off, don't say brouhaha in an article. Second, if you're going to, it would be a brouhaha, right? Beyonce has found herself in a brouhaha. Beyonce's former drummer Kimberly Thompson requested a restraining order against her because she claimed the singer practices extreme witchcraft. According to the lawsuit, Beyonce has allegedly been using her magic to run surveillance and control Thompson's finances. Thompson also claimed that the Lemonade Singer started a campaign of harassment against her, which includes dark magic and magic spells of sexual molestation. She also alleged Beyonce murdered her kitten. A judge denied Thompson's request for a restraining order. Neither Beyonce's rep nor Thompson immediately returned our requests for comment. How does this woman get that close to Beyonce? How do you, could you imagine the background checks you have to go through to be part of Beyonce's band? That's gotta be some like FBI shit. 
there's no way you can just like nail one audition and then you're in Beyonce's band. How did that happen? I got a little nostalgic looking at the social media feeds this weekend. Uh, K-Rock is moving. The studio, uh, they're moving to a new studio up on Wilshire, I think. But the K-Rock building is on the corner of Venice and Fairfax. And there's no signs and it's kind of hidden. And it was the home of K-Rock, Jack, and Amp, if you listen to Amp Radio. And then I think Amp had already moved, and I'm not sure about Jack, whatever. So K-Rock, the last shifts were Friday. They signed off, and now they're moving to a different building. I got a little sad. I was there for five years, that little building. And usually at night or on the weekends. So it was kind of like me and three other people in that building. And there's this cool lobby, and they had all these video games and like foosball tables. They have a vending machine. This is what got me. They have a vending machine uh, in like the little kitchen lounge area, and it's just covered in stickers. And so anytime a band would come through, it's kind of like a rite of passage. They would slap a sticker up. I was looking, someone posted uh, a photo of that soda machine, and I was looking, I kind of zoomed in, and I saw stickers that I had posted up there, like a white stripe sticker and a Venge Sevenfold sticker, whatever. And I was like, oh, that's kind of sweet. That, that sticker lasted longer than I did. That sticker is 15 years old. But it made me miss K-Rock and miss that radio station and those times there. And, you know, I always joke that, like, I got tired of playing Sublime three times an hour. It was never that bad. And also, let me just defend K-Rock for a second. If you answer the request lines, that's what people call and request. So I know the rap on K-Rock is they only play Chili Peppers and Offspring and Sublime and Nirvana. But, dude, if you pick up the phone, that's what people are requesting. They're not requesting the newest, coolest Silver Lake band. But I got a little sad. I started thinking about my time there at K-Rock. I was super lucky because I'd be on on Friday, Saturday, Sundays, and then throughout the week whenever someone was sick, I would go fill in. And on Sunday nights, I would be on the air before Cat Corbett would come in to do the Locals Only show. And then after Cat was Rodney on the Rock when he still was at K-Rock. Now he's on Sirius XM on the Garage Rock channel, I believe. And so what would happen is right before I would get off the air, I would fire up the microphones and it was me, Kat, and Rodney all in the room together, all talking about what was coming up on their shows. And if you know Kat, like she, like maybe the biggest music fan I've ever met, but like she's at shows every night and discovering all these amazing local bands. The first time I heard Airborne Toxic Event, the first time I heard uh, Silver Sun Pickups, the first time, I I mean, all those cool LA bands, it's Probably Kat Corbett played a part in it. So she would come on. She'd talk about these great bands that she would have playing on the show. And then Rodney would come on and he would talk about what he was going to play. I would always use this as an opportunity to get some sort of trivia out of Rodney. Because that dude, oh man, there's a documentary called Mayor of the Sunset Strip. And it's all about Rodney on the Rock. Rodney Binghamheimer. If you've never seen it, go watch it. But he just always had these cool stories, and it was always like David Bowie this, or when Elton John played the Troubadour, or his uh, English disco he had, the, the club that he ran. For some reason, I don't know why this one jumps out at me, but I remember when Michael Jackson died. I think it was on the weekend. I think it was like he died on a Saturday, maybe? So we were on the air on Sunday? I don't know. Rodney was going to do a, a Michael Jackson tribute. So... Like I always asked him because I wanted to know who he's met, which is everyone. I said, oh, did you ever meet Michael Jackson? And he said, "Um, oh, yeah, Brooke Shields introduced us. 
And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm friends with Brooke and we were at a commercial and Michael came by to say hi. And so I got to talk to Michael Jackson. I was like, what is your life? Who can say that? Yes, I met Michael Jackson. It was through our mutual friend, Brooke Shields. That's how cool Rodney on the Rock is. If you live in LA and you see an old guy driving around in a blue 65 GTO, that's going to be Rodney. It's probably at Cantor's, might be at Denny's. Oh man, I'm just really going, going deep down the nostalgia. Do you want to hear a little clip of me on K-Rock? Just, just for fun. Humor me, if you will. I don't know who the music supervisor was for uh, the movie with the Dawson when he played the quarterback, Varsity Blues. But when they put this in the final sequence, when he's dodging all the tackles and he's jumping around and you believe that the Dawson is a good football player, uh, that's cinematic beauty right there. Uh, the Food Fighters and the world famous Carol Q. K-Rock, hello. Hi, can you please play a Food Fighters block for me? Yes, I can. What's your name? My name's Marissa and I'm with my best friend Kayla. It's her birthday. Do you live in the OC? Of course. Is it funny that your name's Marissa and you live in the OC? That it is. Has anyone ever said that to you before? <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, I thought I was being original. No, but it's alright. I'll give you credit. It's 106.7 K-Rock. It's Carol Q. That's uh, Food Fighters, their version of Darling Nikki. It's probably sacrilegious to say that I like that more than Prince's version. But I kind of do. All right, uh, White Stripes, Icky Thump, get some tickets. They're playing uh, with the Cold War Kids September 19th at the Forum. It's Carol Q. Wow. Does that sound like me? That's, that's definitely what I sound like. <sighs> I've become a cliche of myself. Uh, should we get into the Savage of the Week? How are we doing on time here? All right, this one might might take a second or two, so let's get into it. A Boston edition Savage of the Week. I think I'm supposed to hate Boston because I live in L.A. and my my sports loyalty is with Chicago. But I don't. I kind of love Boston. I do think that hear me out on this. I do think there's a difference between Red Sox and Bruins fans and Patriot fans. And I know that makes no sense because they all live in Boston. So of course they're the same people. I been to Bruins hockey games in Boston. It's incredible. Just, they all look like they're in dropkick Murphy's Um, (laughs) Red Sox fans suffered for years and years and years. And so they deserved all their success. Patriots fans, kind of assholes i know it's all the same people but anyways savages of the week two gentlemen from some suburb of boston worcester dorchester sommer tum i don't know something but they get savages of the week here's why we're driving on mcgrath highway in somerville and i noticed a couple cars swinging like moving to the right and we seen something in the street and he's like, Louie, what is that? What is it? I'm like, I don't know. I don't, what is it? So I ran across the highway to grab it. We brought it in the car. We had no idea what it was. Just listen to the way that this dude says car. The only thing I need to set it up is picture the two most Bostonist looking dudes you could ever imagine. Like, like the eighth extra in Departed or like the guys in the bar in Southie and Goodwill Hunting. That's what these two guys look like. 
was wrapped up in a, a brown paper bag. First thing I said, this belongs to the Red Sox. This yeah. is for Fenway Park. Yeah. Like, how do we have this? Like, nobody made this. This belongs to the park. I'm thinking that they hang it off the green monster. We want to give it back to them because it belongs to them, and it yeah. doesn't belong to us. What they're talking about is this giant 2018 AL Champions banner that is displayed inside Fenway Park. And they found it on a freeway. They found it with quotation marks. They found it. it fell off a truck, literally or figuratively. It fell off a truck. We found a banner. In reciprocation, we would like, you know, maybe to go yeah. to a nice playoff game. Yes. Or we were looking for something. We just don't want to <laughs> hand it over to them. So now they're holding it hostage. They found a banner that, quote unquote, fell off a truck on some freeway on some highway, on some parkway, and they're not just going to give it back to the Red Sox organization. They want playoff tickets for it. I love these. I fucking love these guys. This is why I love Boston. We you need know, to negotiate here. We want yeah. to, we're looking for, Listen, like, you know. We're working, too. Yeah. I mean, my man had to run across three lanes, traffic. But we know that that's the original one. We were told there was only one made. Yeah, we were told there was only one so being made. So at that made. point, that tells us, we're hoping they do the right thing. Yep. You know, we did the right thing. We could have kept it. We could have put it on eBay. We could have, you know, we got connections where we could have reached out to other sources. We're big supporters of the Red Sox. And you know? we want to see them win. And we want this banner to go back on Lansdowne Street or wherever it belongs. We did the right thing. They should do the right thing. They're holding it ransom. Now, since that video came out, there's been an update. The banner has been returned to the Red Sox in exchange for nothing. Also, the owner of the company that made the banner accused Ayakuzi of stealing it, which he flatly denies. The negotiation process went smoothly. The theft allegation did not sit well with Ayakuzi, who said in a third interview that they lost the fucking thing. They're the ones that fucked up. I found it. I'm trying to do the right thing. Ayakuzi described himself as a good Samaritan. If I didn't pick it up, 100 people would have ran over it. I don't want a million dollars. I don't need a million dollars. All I wanted was to maybe bring my family, my friends to a fucking baseball game. Maybe meet a player. <laughs> the flag is now back home with the Boston Red Sox. How did they not give these guys tickets? Well, I guess maybe it fell off a truck. What a fucking savage! Can I tell you how much fun I have trying to talk in a Boston accent? I love it so much. I've been to Boston three or four times. A couple times for work. Maybe a year or two ago for just a fun weekend, me and the lady went for her birthday. So I just kept saying, what did I say? What was the quote? Not far South Boston, <laughs> which I think is from Goodwill Hunting. You from here? Not far South Boston. <laughs> so stupid. Park the car in Harvard Yard, which I think that's a little cliche. I prefer Jason Matsukas says the way to a Boston accent is through the words bagler and smuggler. Oh, yeah, he's a bagler. Oh, did you hear about it? He's a drug smuggler. There's just basically two words to get into a Boston accent. My favorite. And they are um, the words burglar and smuggler. <laughs> it's not car. It's, it's not, not car. car. You can't have it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That gets you nowhere. It's, and it's burglar like, oh and smuggler. Oh, my God. I came home the other night, and there was a burglar in my house. <laughs> He stole all my drugs. He must be some kind of drug smuggler. <laughs> so dumb. 
I don't know what my, I know exactly what it is, actually. I was going to say, I don't know what my love affair of Boston is all about, but it's, of course, Goodwill Hunting and the town and the departed. My boy's wicked smart. <laughs> Maybe I should turn this into a podcast where I just play Goodwill Hunting clips and we talk with shitty fake Boston accents. On that note, let's wrap this up. I know what band I'm ending the podcast with. The Dropkick Murphys, of course. What, am I going to play the Boss Tones? Am I going to play Aerosmith? New Kids on the Block? No. Those are all fine Boston bands, by the way. Big fans of all of them. But I'm going to play Dropkick Murphys. And now you're going to drive to work really fast, and you might get in a fight with someone, and that's okay. And you can go, my boy's wicked smart, and then you can knock someone out. Hey, leave a rating and a review and all that stuff. It'll make me really happy. Maybe more people will hear this ridiculous podcast, The Rick Savage Show. I'm Rick Savage. Yesterday isn't for everyone. Keep it up, Peloton! Just one more push isn't for everyone. Being your own role model isn't for everyone. You're crushing it, Peloton! Keep it up! It's not for everyone, but Peloton's for go-getters, everyday heroes, and anyone who really wants it. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more about the Peloton bike.